It was at the time that 6.59 p.m. when there were reports of an explosion at the Al-Hali Al-Mahadani Hospital in Gaza City. According to our intelligence, Hamas checked the reports, understood it was an Islamic Jihad rocket that had misfired and decided to launch a global media campaign to hide what really happened. They went as far as inflating the numbers of casualties. They understood with absolute certainty that it was a rocket misfired by Islamic Jihad that damaged the hospital. And that was the voice of one of the head spokespeople over at the IDF. And there are a number of fronts to this war uh, between Hamas and Israel. And in the background, certainly Iran, there's the physical battlefield. And then there's this propaganda and disinformation campaign that Hamas uses to fuel its supporters and galvanize the issues, you know, muddy, the already muddy waters. And they're, they're very good at it. And so in the hours of this bombing of what we were told was this hospital in Gaza, instantly blamed on Israel, we now have several sources and certainly daytime um, imagery, including the IDF shots, there's uh, intelligence, intercepted calls of Hamas terrorists, and then the footage around the hospital. And so we've got these different images that it's actually a parking lot out back of the hospital in Gaza hit, and that's where Hamas would be storing its munitions. So a number of people killed. I'm not sure if we have a, a actual no, hundreds of people or 400 people. I'm not sure of the numbers. I'll get those. But, you know, does this change hearts and minds? I don't think so. But that is what um, Israel is up against. Let me bring in Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner. He is an Israeli Defense Force spokesperson. I appreciate your time on a, what is a very busy, intense day. Thank you. Hi, Alex. Whether or not, um, you know, Israel can prove its case or international communities can prove its case about this, there are going to be many that don't care. They just won't believe it in an age of misinformation and disinformation. And so how does this change uh, for, you, for Israel moving forward? So primarily our mission is the military mission of destroying Hamas to make sure it can never butcher babies in their bedrooms ever again. Um, that is the focus. And indeed, it is accompanied by the media and social media saturation that exists in this day and age. Uh, that is motivated by misinformation and disinformation, propaganda, um, and outright lies that are you know, made in order to create and en engage uh, extreme emotions. What we've seen uh, throughout the day in Lebanon, uh, yesterday in Jordan, uh, and elsewhere around the world of, this, of masses coming out and uh, protesting against Israel or against America, just goes to show what a, a, a tough situation it is. And indeed, when we uh, saw this event last night, we immediately understand that there's a challenge here. And for the first time in my professional life, I saw how the high level investigation was initiated and how we utilized intelligence, operational data and aerial footage to come to very, very clear conclusions. And as you said, those that are actually interested in what's happening um, may have already have a very strong opinion. I think the sharing the information is not necessarily for those that have their minds made up, but rather for the people that are uncertain. Uh, and it is a challenging one because the conflict uh, here and the relationship between Israel and Palestinians is a relationship which is, you know, it's very, very strongly, people are very strongly opinionated about how they feel about it. Um, our mission, military mission, is is a very, very clear one. Uh, we understand that there is a media um, component to the operational 
reality and, 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 and we need to be prepared for that. The question, though, is, you know, the lens of what triggered this, you know, that that day, 12 day, days ago, where, where Israelis, Jews were slaughtered along this, you know, the border at that music festival. Um, that is the lens to what brought this latest chapter. And and as we go distance to that, that time, uh, the lens seems to change where you've got allies saying, look, Israel has a right to defend itself. But then it becomes but, 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 but. And so given President Biden was there in the region this morning. Uh, does he still have Israel's back as he did? And is there anything to change uh, any kind of ground operation or how this will be carried out? So I think the, the there was a very clear message from President Biden throughout the day, which is a good thing for us, which means, you know, there's a very strong alliance between Israel and the U.S. And, and that is ironclad. Um, and the comments reflect that. Of course, um, if Israel and wants to mobilize, and if we need to mobilize on the ground, and that may be a, uh, a development, uh, then of course we need to operate in accordance to the laws of armed conflict. And we're confident that that's what we're doing. And that's why we were so confident and able to get the information out last night so that President Biden can see and judge for himself based on our intelligence. And I was just seeing as it was coming on, waiting for you, um, uh, uh, reports coming out of the U.S. of the Department of Defense uh, uh, independently confirmed what we said as well. So no, any decent man or woman uh, uh, that looks at the reality on the ground needs to look through very, very clear glasses of who is the bad player at the table and who is the good, who is decent and who is indecent. And Hamas are clearly the indecent actor at this table. You know, they will butcher babies in the bedrooms. They'll have no problem lying to the media. Yeah, well, that is a, a true and tried tactic. H has there been any outreach? I know that Jordan, um, uh, Egypt, as well as uh, other Arab nations were supposed to have meetings with Mr. Biden. Those were canceled. I suspect that's because of all the unrest with the protests across their, their areas and regions, as well as the Palestinian Authority. But has there been any reach out from, let's say, other Arab nations, Saudi Arabia, anything offering support, or are they just staying right out of this? Uh, the, the diplomacy, you know, we are the warriors, the warfighters, the diplomacy we leave for the diplomats. Uh, while it's a very interesting question, I don't think I'm the best person to comment on it. Uh, I, yeah, we, as we see the military operation go forward, of course, it becomes more challenging from a diploma, diplomatic perspective. Um, and our role in this is to make sure that we can have the operational freedom in order to complete our mission and rid the world from Hamas, and, and and I would say the quicker the better, but unfortunately the reality of this type of warfare suggests that it will be a challenge and it won't be a quick uh, quick operation. We have no time limit from the government at this time, uh, which is a good thing, which means we can operate with a very level head, um, with our strategic goals in mind and tactically uh, uh, dealing with Hamas uh, at all levels, we will pursue their leaders from Yehya Sinwar, the prime minister of Hamas, and the mastermind behind the attack, all the way down to the individual terrorists that breached the perimeter, breached the border, and came in and, uh, and killed and, and massacred and, and burnt, and, and then, uh, of course, abducted some 199 people. The um, focus has been on Gaza, certainly, but, you know, for those with family in, in Israel, and the, obviously the northern border is a big concern. Um, how does that affect 
approaches if, uh, you know, Hezbollah gets involved. I mean, they've already been firing rockets. We know that there have been um, people killed both sides of this. But how, how concerned is that they will move in as soon as a ground operation uh, starts in Gaza? Because that is where we see the urban areas, uh, Tel Aviv, uh, certainly with people, a lot of connections here around the world. But how does that change things? Uh, Hezbollah is a huge challenge, um, but the IDF is prepared to face two fronts or multi-fronts if need be. Um, I would say, yes, over the course of the last week, we've seen them escalate further and further. They're conducting more attacks, uh, anti-tank guided missile attacks against forces on the border or against civilians. And as you rightly pointed out, there have been some deaths. We respond in kind and, and, and uh, engage um, we are sending a very clear message, I think, to Lebanon, the state of Lebanon, the government of Lebanon. You need to take control of what's going on with Hezbollah because there is a challenge and it is your responsibility as a sovereign state. And I think we're also telling Hezbollah, listen, you need to watch what's going on and how we are destroying and uh, Hamas in Gaza. And if you don't, or if you cross, cross the threshold, the same destiny might be yours as well. Um, so, yes, we have recruited some 300,000 reservists. Many of those are on the border with Gaza, with uh, Lebanon. We've evacuated um, uh, 28 communities along the border and asked people within the five kilometer uh, radius of the border itself to evacuate um, so that so that we can try and limit the potential of civilian casualties if there is an escalation on the border with Hezbollah as well. Um, if it happens, we'll be prepared. We have the forces. We have the professional know-how. We also have, um, uh, I would say, I think you know, the biggest thing that has come out of this terrible event in our history, the most terrible, unprecedented terrorist attack, is the Israeli resolve. Israelis have come together. Israelis from all walks of life, from across the political spectrum, realize that when a terrorist organization comes into your home and butchers your baby, it could be any of us. Um, when they called me up for reserve duty, and I never expected to be speaking on behalf of the IDF ever again, I just I kissed my wife as I left the, the door, the ho my home. I said goodbye and kissed my daughter goodbye. And I and and my my wife looked at me. And she said, "You have to go and do what you do." Um, and so it is the Israeli resolve that will overcome all of these tragedies, the, the terrorists, these brutal terrorists that have no place in decent in this decent in a decent world, we will rid them from existence. Just quickly, I know uh, you probably have to go so you can tell me to go away, but I do want to know uh, because I've heard something like there are, are members of the IDF that don't live in Israel anymore. Uh, they live in Canada, uh, you know other places. Is there a chance that they could be called back? Uh, people have been called up, called back to Israel uh, from abroad. Anybody that has that serves in specific units or has a, um, a special special task uh, uh, or or a special unit or infantry unit, there are people that have been called back uh, in order to restore them back to Israel. Yeah. Stay tuned. I know you've got a tight schedule, so thank you uh, very much for joining us. I appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. Let's be in touch. For sure, that is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner joining us from uh, Israel. He's one of uh, the spokespeople for the IDF and went back into service. And so whether your mind is changed by this, I don't know. But that is um, the fog of war. And there will be people entrenched on both sides. Some will just say, nope, don't buy it.
Others will say, okay, maybe I should just uh, sit back and, and wait a little bit until the dust settles because uh, this will go on a lot. Hamas is very good at this kind of stuff, as are all terror groups when it comes to the war of propaganda.